4: You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: It's the final hour in this Wednesday. Morale is high. Glad to have you on board. We'll come up with a new poll question for the final hour. Check in with the Chicago Bears. What did the Bears GM say or try to say or try not to say yesterday when he had this to say to reporters at the Combine? We're open-minded as we walk into the combine. If it hits me that there's something, you know, worth capitalizing on or jumping on, that's what we'll do. If something doesn't feel right and we need to gather more information, then then we'll wait. But again, I'm always going to have in my mind to make sure we do right by Justin. Okay. I don't know what that means. You're going to do right by him? Doing right by him would be, hey, we're going to keep you and uh, we're going to pay you. That would be doing right by him. They're not going to do right by him. They're going to do what's best for the Bears, and that's what they should do. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. PGA Tour begins the Florida Swing, the Cognizant Classic in Palm Beach. That'll be Rory McIlroy and company. Seaton, final hour poll question.
5: Well, I think we're going to make a poll question out of the game Paul's been teasing. Ooh. Very exciting. Okay, Paul, the game that we're going to play.
2: It's very, very exciting, Dan. Okay. This is game is called... Best job in sports, okay. parentheses, not a player, coach, manager. You're not really a directly involved in sports.
3: I'm not judged on wins and losses.
2: Correct, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Okay. So, like, you can't be the GM of the uh, 49ers. Okay. Or even, like, the play-by-play person for the 49ers. You're, oh. you're involved in the game, bro. Okay. So you're like an ancillary person in sports. All right. Give me the options. Here is the number one option. Shohei Otani's translator. I was watching a couple of interviews with Shohei Otani yesterday, yeah. and his translator's been with him for almost a decade now. He was with him with the Angels. He works for the Angels, so he gets paid by the Angels. Now he works for the Dodgers. He goes wherever Shohei Otani goes. His name is Ipe Mizuhara. What's he get paid? A lot. There's well, estimates of six more, more six, seven figures. Okay. Estimates. Okay. Um, he's vital, too, because... Like Joe Madden said, he was necessary for to translate discussions about baseball. He's always around for discussions in the clubhouse. Yeah, he true. is always present in the media, and he's gotten some level of fame both here and back home. Okay. And you get paid a lot to go to the Dodgers ballpark every day, and you're not in danger of being injured.
3: Yeah, but he's got to go on the road, too.
2: He gets to go on the road. Mm. mm. He was single. Mm. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Okay. I think that is a great, great job.
3: Okay. So, translator for Shohei Otani. Yeah. All right. What else?
2: The other one I was thinking about like, if you were like the club pro at Pebble Beach, the golf course, mm-hmm. one of the premier golf courses in America, mm-hmm. you're teaching, you're walking around in nice pants and white belts, mm. and you probably get paid really well. Yeah. I don't know
3: what you get paid at Pebble oh, Beach. Oh, really? Yeah. Plus, there's a lot of. People who show up there to play golf who probably aren't really good golfers and then you have to go out every day, hour after hour. That's not that doesn't sound like a great job. It
2: does seem like a nice lifestyle. Yeah. How about Greenskeeper at Augusta?
3: No. No. Not a good job? All you can do is screw it up. No. Like you have to start out perfect and only get better. If you're the Greenskeeper? No. Having been somebody who mowed greens at Jack Nicholas golf course in Ohio?
2: But if you're the greenskeeper, you're probably not wearing the hat and the overalls and out there. You've probably got a staff.
3: I know, but I would get blamed if I cut into the apron there or my my lines weren't perfect there. No, that's not a good job.
2: So the question is, is there a better job in sports than Shohei Otani's translator?
3: Um, Hmm. I guess on short notice, I would say, that's a pretty good game. That's a hell of a salary, yeah, too. If it's seven seven figures, figures to just listen to Shohei and then interpret what he's saying? Damn. By the way, this is what it sounded like yesterday with one swing of the bat against the White Sox. Three and
6: two to Shohei Otani. Swung out, hit high in the air to left
0: and deep. This ball carrying. This ball is gone!
3: It is Dodger debut! That they've been
4: waiting
3: for. All right. He did it. Uh, his debut, at least hitting a home run, he went, uh, I think, one for three, struck out, grounded into a double play. But uh, Shohei Otani, get used to it. Oh, here's one for you. According to DraftKings, over under home runs for Shohei Otani this year. Closest gets a handshake from me and a pat on the back. Well done. Todd, I'll start with you. Over under home runs for Shohei Otani.
0: 38 and a half. Oh, come no on. No way. Blup, blup. Get out of here.
3: I got to give you a handshake. Yeah, At you Ooh, a soft little I know, buttery hands. I know. Wet. There's always sweaty. moisture on them. Yeah. I get a little
0: sweaty in the palms.
3: All right. Well, congratulations. It's Thirty be half high five, half handshake because it's going to do the, yeah, yeah, the gobbler.
5: The turkey gobbler. thing. Yeah. <laughs>
3: How about, how about a double or nothing, Todd? Okay, let's go. <laughs> Let me see. Um, mm, Nine and a half triples. Okay. Over, under wins for the Dodgers this year, according to DraftKings.
0: one eleven and a half. All
3: right. Seton O'Connor. 92 and a half. Marvin. Oh. 103
0: and Blue, blue, blue. Oh,
3: nice. Well, I feel better shaking Marvin's hand.
0: I don't blame you. Get no, yeah. over
3: quicker. Yeah, oh, I see what you did. That wasn't nice.
6: <laughs>
5: no,
3: it wasn't. <laughs> oh, that was a little hand joke. Yeah, it sure was. Yeah, Dang. and Marvin's got a new T-shirt. The uh, Fresh Prince of Dan's Air, and it looks like the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. So you can go to DanPatrick.com. The uh, newest T-shirt there. Congratulations, Mark. Thanks. Month Sh- keeps getting better and better. See, well, it's coming to what, to an end. Leap Year. Yeah, you oh, it. Leap Year. Yeah,
6: yeah. I got the 29th this year. Yes, you do. Thanks, guys.
3: All right. Uh, we say good morning to those <laughs> watching on Peacock. Download the app if you haven't done so. Uh, let's see. Uh, Casey in Montana. Hi, Casey. What's on your mind today? Oh, we lost Casey. All right. Uh, Ryan in Ohio. Hi, Ryan. What's on your mind?
7: Hey, I got a question for you. 1st two seventy five. What are the chances the Bears trade that first pick for, say, you know, second or third with New England or Washington? They then uh, select with that pick Marvin Harrison Jr. They get a first round for next year, maybe a second, and then they use their pick at nine to pick an offensive lineman.
3: I guess everything's on the table here, Ryan. I don't have any insight. I don't have any Bears source, but. I guess if you're trying to you know make the roster full, you can have one great player, but you better have some pretty good players to surround him or it's not going to matter. Uh, Sean in Indiana. Hi, Sean. What's on your mind today?
7: Hey, Dan. How you guys doing? Great, Sean. Good. Uh, I just wanted to call uh, some – well, Mo in Arizona. He beat me to it about the jokes about little mini-hands Marv over there, so I'll just let that go. Mm. But – uh I called last October. I had some vertigo going on. I'd like to update you on that and offer a uh, some thoughts on the kickoff, if that's okay. Sure. So, I went to an EMT. Turns out I have an inner ear problem. So... They referred me out to the fine, fine facilities of CSU, which uh, when you roll up, you might think it'd be a little crappy, but everything there is top-notch. It's all heavy-duty. Mm. Uh, but they make you do a lot of squatting and a lot of pushing movements, which I don't know how that's going to help my ear. So here's but-
3: Sean, who had vertigo, saying he went to Crappensburg State. That's that's what he's doing now. Thanks.
7: Uh, there it is. Thank yeah. you, Sean. but on a serious—oh, thank you. <laughs> on a serious note, though, uh, about the kickoff. Oh, now
3: on a serious note. Okay, okay.
7: Yeah, yeah. You know, I gotta—you know—flip the page. Here we go. Level. Yep. So with the kickoff, I think I understand the violence and things like that, but I think we're missing the real issue. Is everybody just kicking it out the back of the end zone? So we penalize them for kicking it out the side and bringing it out to the forty-five. Why can't we just do something like that for kicking it through the back? I'll hang up and listen.
3: All right. If you want to have kickoffs, you move the the guy who was kicking off back if you want to. But they don't want that. They want to give you the perception that there's the possibility of a kickoff return. That's all. I mean, you got to start the game. You can't start the game on the 25-yard line. So they have the ceremonial opening kick. Yes, Mark.
6: And I would hate to be a special teams guy because, first of all, you don't want to be on special teams. That means you're a backup, right? right. And then you don't have a chance to make an impact on the game because it's just ceremonial now. It's not even, all right, kick the ball off and somebody make a play. Devin Hester's not in the Hall of Fame if he's playing in today's game because he won't have a chance to make a play like he did.
3: Well, he'd be a wide receiver or probably a defensive back if he was playing. Uh, Philip in San Antonio. Hi, Philip. What's on your mind?
0: Hey, Dan, a uh, longtime listener, first time caller. First of all, 59175. <laughs> So, I have a possible fix for the NBA All Star game. Are you ready?
3: All
0: right. Instead of waiting till the end to incentivize these guys to play a little bit of defense, what if we do this? Best of seven series. Each game is just each team competing for 21 points. The first team to reach 21 points wins a game. Then you got commercial breaks built in, you got in between games, you know, on the court, you know, entertainment built into that. And you start to play at the heartstrings of the players who know what it's like to be down. in an NBA playoff series. Now, granted, the stakes aren't that high, and if you're trying to look for a way to incentivize them that's non-monetary, I think this is a slam-dunk idea. Start getting them to play defense right from the beginning instead of the last five.
3: Not going to work. Not going to work, Phillip. They don't care. The only way that they're going to care, and I don't even know if this is the case. It can't be any worse. So the suggestion is players born in the United States – versus players who were born outside the United States. So they get Canada and all the uh, European, Asian countries. You get the world against the United States. Then you could get sort of that, I don't know, patriotic pride, playing for our country, you know, Luca and the Joker, and then all of a sudden they actually care. They didn't care at all in this year's All-Star <laughs> Game. Zero. When Luca took a 75-foot shot... In the second quarter, I go, I would take him out and just have him sit down and just say, Luca, you know, why don't you just rest then? If you don't want to play, you just sit down. Don't worry about it. Yeah, more.
6: Those international guys, I'm not sure if they're going to care that much. We got to play for the world. Like it's going to say world on their jerseys, right? Instead of the world versus USA. If those guys like international guys, they care about their country.
3: Maybe the first time they play, maybe. But, you know, you have to have the game. You're going to have the game. The question is, how do you make people care? And maybe you don't. Maybe it's just going to be, who cares? I'll watch, you know. But my my motto is, if you don't care, then I don't care. And that was the case. I I couldn't care less about it. It was really easy not to watch it. It was. I, I didn't go, oh, God, I don't know. Am I going to miss something? No, I was not going to. Yeah, Pauline.
2: And that's the problem. Uh, you know, Get off my lawn, but 15 years ago, it was appointment programming. It was very cool. You'd see Kobe Bryant get up in someone's face. would it be great, though, if next year, like five minutes before the game, either the East or the West decides, you know what, we are going to play 100%. And all of a sudden, it's like a swarm of bees. Mm. They're pressing full court, trapping, just out of nowhere.
3: Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, it's like baseball's all-star game, you know, with interleague play, and then nobody really cared. And then Fox said to Major League Baseball, look, nobody cares about the all-star game. Can we attach home field advantage in the World Series?
0: What?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that so people care about an all-star game. Players didn't. If you're playing for the Pirates, do you really care who gets home field advantage? And everybody wants to play three innings and then leave. That's what it would be. Hey, I'll make my appearance, probably get an incentive bonus, and then I go. Yeah, Paul.
2: But you can make the case that baseball's all-star game is the best of the all-star games right now because it's competitive. You can't play baseball 50%. You're not going to throw the ball 70 miles an hour. So the guys are in, are trying during the time they're in. Baseball all-star game is like a regular baseball game. The lineups are mixed up. The the NFL Pro Bowl is done. The... All-Star game is basically done. The baseball All-Star game is still a real baseball game.
3: Yeah, I think it's a fair point that you make, that you're still throwing the ball 90 miles an hour, and you still have to hit it. I just don't know if they really care. Um, they don't even want to stay around for it. Yes, Todd?
0: And I know baseball's slower moving than basketball, so it allows for it, but at least they tried with the interaction, and you're talking to the players. Literally, like, between pitches, wow, we fouled that one off on you. What are you going to throw next? Yeah,
3: yeah,
6: I guess. Yes, Marv? And I feel like American League versus uh, National League, like you guys were saying before, interleague plays kind of killed that because, guess what? If you live in Boston, you're not going to see Mike Schmidt. But now you get to see him. And so it really doesn't matter that much anymore. And I'm sure National League versus American League was a whole different animal back in the yeah, 50s and in, in the 60s.
3: I mean, Pete Rose knocked over Ray Fossey going into home. Let's bring that back. To win the game. Yeah. <laughs> Ray Fossey's career was never the same. But it was important back then. I think that was the 1970 All Star game. Pete knocked over Ray Fosse. If it's the World Series, I understand that. But an All Star game, I understand these players don't want to go out and risk injury. I get it. I get it. But, you know, at some point, is there, can we meet halfway on this? It, it, is that, you know, something that is solvable that we're going to care? Or is it just gone? I mean, the commissioner was – there was disgust in his voice when he's handing out the Disappointed trophy. dad. Yeah, so he's like, oh, yeah, you scored the most points. Here you go. Uh, congratulations. Yes, smart.
6: And that whole thing about players getting hurt to me is just nonsense, to put it lightly, because on Instagram and all that, you go to those um, different pages, and you see guys busting each other's backsides during summer workouts. They go to UCLA – out in Los Angeles I live out in Los Angeles during the summer and they are killing each other during the summer workouts. So this whole you know, notion of oh guys don't want to get hurt or whatever. Come on, those guys are playing hard as hell during the summertime.
3: Yeah, but I, I look, none of us is in that position. And uh if we were, it's easy for us to go, man, I'd be I'd be playing hard. I'd be picking you up full court. I mean Oh,
6: I'm
0: not saying they would, but I don't want the excuse of they don't want to get hurt. Yeah. Yes, Tom. So what can we trace it to? When and why did it all of a sudden something like the teams were passionate about and the leagues were passionate about, the West beating the East, the National League beating the American League, greed? Why, why is there all of a sudden guys that, like, who cares? Something had to have happened.
3: Oh, I don't know if there was something that all of a sudden that happened and now nobody cared about playing in an All-Star game that I'm, I'm aware of. Just felt like it just sort of uh, evaporated. You know the the competitiveness evaporated. Yes, Eden?
5: Well, I mean, I think in baseball, we're just talking about interleague play. Definitely hurt it. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But what about the NBA? Like, what happened with the
3: NBA? They've they've had interleague play, so I don't I don't know what happened there. Other than they just said, uh, "We're going to go through the mo." You know, people just want to see us shoot threes and dunk, and and that's what they give you. Hey. Here's another dunk and here's a three. Yeah, Paul.
2: I think it's a natural evolution of like player empowerment and mm. joining other teams is that players they're not angry with each other anymore. They don't dislike each other. It's it's almost like they're on a, a collective team. The NBA players are all on one team to help each other make as much money as possible, which is fine. But there's not, you know, any really animosity between teams. You join other teams for a year or two, you join your friends, you get your friends to come play with you. It's like a club, yeah, and they're not in opposition with each other anymore, and that really has—that's been the case for probably fifteen years.
3: This is what I'm wondering if the NBA does this now. This sounds crazy, but you create a basketball floor, and it's like a pinball machine. So there's certain areas. There's lights that light up. At, like you can, you get to a certain point that, you know, that's worth five points. If you so, you make it almost interactive from the standpoint of your if you're a fan. The players get into it because it's something that's fun. And uh, it might not be competitive as much as it's just fun. You're going to display the game in a different way. And I think because of these basketball courts now, we can do this. We can dress them up and maybe you do something. I was told, uh, this, this was a while ago, and I was sworn to secrecy in the person who told me this. But they said that they were going to try to make basketball courts almost cartoonish. That it was going to be when you watch a cartoon, or it was going to be sort of a a Disney type feel to the court, where it's you know it's going to come alive. I don't know if we've gotten to that point, and the person who told me is still working uh, in the business, um, but I don't know. I don't know if we create like visually stimulating basketball court, and then we let the players have some fun with it. I I you know, there probably a million ideas they're trying right now in the NBA home office. Yes, Tom? Was that considered a success
0: what Nickelodeon did with the NFL where it looked like uh should sure. people love that? So is that I guess something the NBA should try to do with the Maybe,
3: office? maybe. I don't think you can say well it's a crazy idea considering what we just saw. I mean, and you want to appeal to the younger market? They're not trying to appeal to me. Like, oh gosh, I remember, you know, when the East beat the West on a last-second shot. Bill Russell was dumb. You know, who cares? I mean, I I enjoyed it, but I thought that was the norm. Yes, Mark.
6: And how many All-Star games do we really remember? Like how many? Like how many like moments do you really remember? Well, in baseball, I did. Oh yeah, for sure. But I just mean like the You know. All those games are high scoring in the 80s and the 90s, anyway.
3: Yeah. Is the most interesting, like, wasn't it uh, Marvin Gaye? Was that at the All Star game? Yeah. Is that, that's one of the top five most memorable moments of an NBA All Star game, is Marvin Gaye's performance of the anthem, I believe, right? So, what's that say about your game? Hey, man, the All-Star Game. Marvin Gaye, what a great anthem.
0: Yes, Tom. And you're more likely to remember things from a dunk contest or a three-point shooting contest than things that happened in the actual game on Sunday night.
3: We will head to Chicago. What are the Bears doing? And if they're not doing anything, when are they going to do something? We'll have that for you coming
4: up next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat, rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes.
4: Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred GAMBLER. Eighteen plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up to date list of states, visit dkngco slash States. Void where prohibited. See terms at picksix.draftkings.com/promos.
6: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that
3: Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, nobody's on the other end, applications that vanish. It's time to find a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals, the local jobs expert that you can trust. They never charge a fee when they help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com, find the office nearest to you. Let the professionals help at Express Pros. Express Employment Professionals. It's your one connection for getting a job. Visit expresspros.com today and good luck. He's one of the uh, great receivers in Chicago Bear history, but I don't know if that's saying a lot. It's not a, it, I don't even know if they have a top 10 great receivers of all time in Chicago Bear history. He's, he's Tom Waddle. <laughs> Current host of Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Of all the introductions you've had, where does that one rank, Tom?
1: That's the most most honest and accurate, Dan. (laughs) There's no doubt. Brandon Marshall once famously said Chicago is a place where receivers go to die. Yeah. Well,
3: um, given that uh, scenario here with what you have on the roster, if Caleb Williams looks at the Bears right now, what would he
1: want to go to the Bears, given yes. what they have? Yes. Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, let's look at an improved r- offensive roster. DJ Moore is a, a true one in the in the league. He may not be a top five receiver, but he's a top ten receiver in the league, in my opinion. You're getting more out of Cole Komet than they've gotten in the past. They've got draft currency. They've got cap space. They've got a lot of ways to improve themselves inside that offensive huddle. The offensive line has improved and outside of the actual, you know, huddle. I I think, Dan, if you, if you research the history of the quarterback position here in Chicago, there have been some blips, some positive blips, but we've never had a 4,000 yard passer. We've never had a quarterback throw for 30 touchdowns in a season. If Caleb Williams or Drake May or Jaden Daniels or whoever that guy is comes to this town and becomes the first guy to do some of that and become a true, legitimate franchise quarterback, that guy may be the second most popular sports figure in the history of this city behind MJ. Yeah, but didn't I hear that four years ago with Justin Fields? Yes, you did. And okay. we're going to say it again until it actually becomes reality. You're <laughs> going to speak it into reality, Dan.
3: You spoke to the
1: Bears GM yesterday. Yeah. What is Ryan Poles
3: saying or not saying?
1: Uh, I, I think the one thing, there are a lot of things I respect about Ryan. I think Ryan's done a really nice job in a short period of time improving this roster in a lot of ways. Has it been perfect? No. The Chase Claypool trade was, was something that didn't work out. There have been other small issues but for the most part i think ryan's done a fantastic job he's been very honest i think he's been very professional uh i think the things that i cling to from what he said yesterday first and foremost were that they're going to do right by justin and that tells me dan i don't think you start talking about doing your quarterback right by handling the situation with prof- being professional and, and being honest about it i think that's the right way to do it but you don't even i don't believe go down that avenue if you're going to go forward with him. So I think it was kind of a telling, to me, a telling conversation. Yeah, but if you
3: want to do right by Justin Fields, you keep him and you
1: pay him. They're not going to do right by Justin Fields. Well, Dan, I think being, doing right by Justin is, is if you've made the decision. And, and he talked about, Ryan also talked about a lot of, no one wants to live in the gray. No one wants to live in between. I think there's more gray with regard to where they could trade Justin and teams that would be willing to dance with them versus where Ryan Poles is with regard to his decision with the number number one overall selection. So with that, if they've made that determination, then doing Justin right means making a deal sooner rather than later. It works for everyone. It's better for the Bears. It's better for the team that would dance with you. And it's better for Justin to make that deal sooner rather than later. And I think when he references doing right by Justin, he's talking about handling this with, with a professional approach and keeping him in the loop at all times. I don't think, you know, I, I, the only thing I would push back on, being professional doesn't necessarily mean that you cave to making him your guy going forward and paying him. I would say, be honest with him and keep him in the loop. Yeah, Ryan Poles
3: has to do what's best for the Bears, not what's best for Justin Fields. This right. isn't a situation where Bill Belichick hand-delivered Jimmy G to the Niners because he didn't want Jimmy G to go to Cleveland. Right. It's rare when a coach or GM or owner does something like that. But if you're Ryan Poles, you didn't draft this guy. Your right. job is attached to the next decision you make. Yes. Uh I'll do right by Justin, but I'm doing right by the Chicago Bears.
1: I, and Dan, I think there, in a lot of ways, this is a unique situation. How many times does the team with the number one overall selection have a seven-win season the year before? Like, usually that guy's going to a team that's had two or three wins. Sure. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, if if – If the Bears have the tenth overall selection, our conversation isn't about where we're trading Justin Fields. Our conversation is about whether or not they're picking the fifth year option up and how are you going to improve around him. I think Justin is a you know is unfortunately a victim of circumstance right now. I think just I think Justin's a you know a a good quarterback. I don't think he's an upper echelon quarterback and he's got room to grow. But this to me is is a conversation because of the luxury that Bears have with the first overall selection and. And if that's Caleb Williams or whoever it is, that guy is coming into a situation where there is some infrastructure. There is some, you know, some foundation that is being built. And there are other assets that can be deployed to make that guy's transition from college to the NFL a lot smoother than a lot of other ones.
3: Talking to Tom Waddle, former Bear wide receiver, current host of Waddle and Sylvia on
1: ESPN. Mediocre, mediocre Bears receiver. Mm
3: -hmm. Well,
1: you played. Well, that's true. You you play fan favorite. Well, that's because most of them were faster than me, bigger than me and yes. stronger than me they saw themselves. In.
3: <laughs> um, let's say they, there wasn't Caleb Williams, Drake May and Jaden Daniels in this draft. What do the Bears
1: do? That's a great question. Uh, I don't know how they would feel about maybe JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix or, or Michael Penix. I don't believe they'd be willing to to you know use the first overall selection. They they would move like they would. I think they would move out of this pick. I think this is unique because they have that first overall selection. By the way, for the second consecutive year. Yeah. And many have you know looked back at what transpired last year and said, "Wow, did Ryan make a mistake there?" by not using the first overall selection, not on Bryce Young, but on C.J. Stroud with the way he played. I'm not in that camp. I think he made the right decision. They were still evaluating Justin, and and he needed to rebuild the roster with all of the the picks he got in return. But if there wasn't a quarterback that that this staff believed was, I won't use the term generational, but a guy that can get you further along than where the current guy can get you, I think they definitely move out of the pick and they try to bolster the, the roster around the, the QB.
3: All right, I'll leave you with this. What should happen, what will happen?
1: Uh, I think what should happen and what will happen uh, will 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 coincide. I think they should. I have a lot of respect for Justin. He's a good young kid. He's a hard worker. He's a good athlete. He's a He's a good teammate. He's been dealt a bad hand. As I said, I think he's a victim of circumstance but I don't think he's been good enough consistently enough to move forward with him, so I think they will trade him, and I do believe that they will use the first overall selection on Caleb Williams. I think at this point, my guess is is that they're very comfortable with who he is as a QB on the field. They've just got to make sure that they're comfortable with who he is off the field, and I think that process is ongoing. He's one of the best white wide receivers (laughs) out of Boston (laughs) College
3: to play for the Bears.
1: (laughs) Whoa! Time out. Brian Brennan was a much better wide receiver than I was, who also fits that narrative.
3: Okay, all right. The second best white wide receiver to play for the Bears out of Boston College.
1: Well, that's uh, maybe they played for the Bears, yes, because Brian played for Cleveland and Cincinnati. So maybe I jumped the gun there, okay. but yeah, I think your criteria works. Right. Keep your head up. Thanks. You know, Appreciate most you.
3: people when they do a Zoom call, they have all kinds of awards in the background and trophies in the background.
1: Wait, I don't have any awards or trophies you right now. This anyone. is not a flex, Dan. What am I going to flex? I wore my Bears <laughs> alumni you know, pullover.
3: Is what I did for you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Uh, right. Great to talk to you, buddy. Tell Sylvie we said hello. You got it. Thanks, guys. And that's Tom Waddle, former Bear and uh, current host of Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN One Thousand. Very popular there. Uh, let's see. We will get some phone calls. What
2: we were just discussing, Tom Waddle. He he kind of ran like his name sounded. He waddled. Yeah, he wasn't the fast. He's a very popular player. At the yeah, time. he
3: was. Yeah, he was.
2: Yeah, yeah. Tommy Waddle. Yeah, Tommy Waddle.
3: I Had think a, I think he was uh, played at Moeller High School, sure, Cincinnati. Yeah, Big Moeller High School. Oh. That's a
2: football powerhouse. And that right?
3: used to be. Oh. It used to be a powerhouse. Uh, Jerry Faust. Oh, he coached there.
2: Didn't he go right from that school to coaching Notre Dame? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Golly, that must have been a big deal. Yeah, it was a bad deal. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't ready for it. Um, I think, I think Moeller at the time had seventeen assistant coaches when he was there.
2: Can you imagine that happening today? Any level of high school, a guy going to mm. the premier, you know, oh. like if Alabama replaced Nick Saban with Jimmy Lipper from Central College. from Hoover High Hoover in high. Alabama?
1: Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Probably. That's what it's
2: akin to, right?
3: Probably so, but he, you know, there were uh, players from Moeller went to Notre Dame and I, you know, but still to make that jump from Moeller to Notre Dame, I don't know how long Jerry lasted there, but it it didn't go well. Let's take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learned, what's in store tomorrow, and we're back after this.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com.
5: And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You could trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item.
3: Endless searching, phone calls that go nowhere, nobody's on the other end, applications that vanish. It's time to find a better way to find a job. Express Employment Professionals, the local jobs expert that you can trust. They never charge a fee when they help you with your job search. Go to ExpressPros.com, find the office nearest to you. Let the professionals help at Express Pros. Express Employment Professionals. It's your one connection for getting a job. Visit
4: ExpressPros.com today and good luck. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. Like, a lot. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my live sports and docs in one app. Like Giannis, the Marvelous Journey, and the National Women's Soccer League, both included with Prime.
3: In Combine history, Combine started in 1982. This school sent 18 players to the Combine. Anybody want to
2: take a guess? Paulie, I'll start with you. Eight, 18 that first year, 18 total? 18 in one year. The University of Miami. No.
3: Marvin. LSU. No. That's a good guess. Todd. Ohio State. No. Seaton? Michigan. Bloop, bloop, bloop. Yeah. This year's Michigan team, 18 players. That is a record.
0: Start of the day. 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 Start of the day.
3: Start of the day. Start of the day. All right. Uh, start of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Be the first on your block to have... The Marvin Prince t-shirt. Marvin has another shirt. The other one has his hands on the strategically placed on the shirt. And uh, be careful if you're ordering it for your wife. But uh, he has a new one. It is the Fresh Prince of Dan's Air. And it's a takeoff on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yes, Marvin.
6: That first one, that first t-shirt was a coincidence. It was? I think.
3: I don't know if we knew it until we saw it. And then we realized where the hands were placed. And uh, so it could have been, you know, somebody who was making it and just put it there. Honest mistake. Yes, it is. Of course it is. Uh, Barry in Santa Fe. Hi, Barry. Welcome back. Good morning, fellas. Good morning, chat row.
0: Earlier, you guys were talking about the the best job in sports. The best job in sports would be a quote-unquote security guard at a minor league ballpark, uh, the old folks won't give you much trouble. You see much ball game. Maybe uh, sneak a hot dog and a beer at seventh inning stretch. What's better than that?
3: Well, Shohei Otani's interpreter is getting seven figures. That's better. You get to go to Dodger Stadium. You know, half the uh, half the season you're at Dodger Stadium. That doesn't seem like a bad job. All you have to do is, you don't even have to ask him questions. They give you the questions to ask Shohei Ohtani. All you do is take the information and hand it to the reporters. Yeah, Paul.
2: I got to tell you, though, if I were like, you know, 66 years old and retired, and I said, I would need a little part-time job to get out of the house, being a security guard, air quotes, at a minor league ballpark, that seems like a nice day.
3: Until there's a bad day.
2: Yeah, until there's a bad day.
3: Yeah. Until, and I quit. Yeah, until somebody picks up a chair or something. Yeah. Or somebody comes on the field. Um, Kavon in Arizona. Hey, Kavon. Hey, Dan. First time, long time. Uh, six one, one eighty five. Absolutely ripped. Of course you are. Uh, I think I fixed the All-Star game. Oh, good. What, what if we broke them up into teams of four and did a three-on-three tournament? Old school. <laughs> um, okay. Um, uh, sure. Be harder for the players to hide during a game. that You'd actually have to engage, but is it three-on-three, half-court? Uh, all right. I mean, I'm open to it. I just I don't know. But Ice Cube has done this with his, his league, hasn't he? The three-on-three. Three. Uh, by the way, I like Ice, but if I didn't want to watch these players when they played in the NBA, <laughs> why would I want to watch them in a three-on-three three tournament?
2: They try hard, though.
3: Well, they get a pretty good crowd. It it's pretty good marketing on his part, but I'm watching and I go, I did not care about, you know, Big Baby Davis when he played in the NBA. Why do I care here?
6: Being guarded by Tony Allen?
3: Yeah. <laughs> Tony Allen, he was always the defensive stopper. He was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Tony, Allen, hey, he's a defensive stopper. He was
6: great and grind, too.
3: I always worry when uh, uh Gerald Wilkins Dominic Wilkins brother he was the Jordan stopper you don't you don't want that title because it might last for a game but it doesn't last for a career and you don't think that Mike used that as motivation where it'd be like oh okay you're the Jordan stopper okay how about I uh I'll put 50 on you oh I see you stopped me from getting 60 so you're the Jordan stopper okay well done yeah Pauline
2: by the way, Big Baby Davis would do anything to be in the three and three league right now. He's that's right. He oh, is there. he
3: doing hard time? Yeah, he,
2: he could. He and uh, Will Bynum got uh, found guilty in that scheme, that pl- healthcare scheme.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, they got oops. Well, he'd be playing for the prison yard team. Yeah,
2: technical. Yeah. Flagrant two, they got called. For. Yeah.
3: Is that going to be a situation like Barkley? That commercial where you know the uh, kids picking, and and they all take Barkley. He's like, yeah, with these little kids. They all of a sudden they're going. All right, let's see who we're going to pick on the prison yard. All right, I'll take Big Baby. Yes, Chris in L.A. Hi, Chris. That was messed up, wasn't it, Marvin? I'm all right with it. Okay. Uh, hi, Chris.
6: Hey, uh, you talked about Shohei
0: Otani and the Tommy John surgery uh, earlier, and i got a question. Why isn't Tommy John himself in the Baseball Hall of Fame?
3: I've said that for a long, long time. There's only so many people I can get into Hall of Fames here, but I have promoted. uh, Tommy had, I think, 288 wins maybe in his career, and if you want to do contributions to the game, couldn't he get in under that umbrella? How about a display of his arm? And what the Tommy John surgery looks like here? Maybe make it interactive. Have a, have a left arm there. It's Tommy John's arm. Well, not his real arm, but you have it there, and you put it in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Yes, Paulie.
2: I, I think I would. You know how you can donate uh, when you when you pass away. You donate kidneys and so forth. I think I donate my arm to the Baseball Hall of if Fame. If you're
3: Tommy John, yeah,
2: legacy. I think the guy's like eighty years old now. He's yeah. probably not even using it much now. Well, he'd pay. water the lawn. He could use the other arm. Yeah, you don't. I'm not saying donate before you pass away, but.
5: but but contributions to the game. Yeah, Tommy John. What do you think? Maybe this is how you settle your first ballot kind of thing. It's like, well, he was good, but it was really just his arm. So then you don't get a full bust <laughs> in you hall just of fame no, anymore. He just has it's an just, arm. Well, that's just his arm goes in because <laughs> yes. Ricky Henderson's legs. Yes. yes,
3: you're in. Yeah. You go. Wouldn't that be funny? Like. Hank Aaron was known for his strong
5: wrist. You just show his wrist yeah. there. You build a player. Yeah, you're building the perfect player. Yeah. Yeah, I'm taking Hank Aaron's wrists. I'm taking... Yeah. Ricky's legs. Yeah. Ricky B. Ricky.
3: Goat. Um, yeah. This day in sports history, Paulie, what do you have for just me? Just got
2: a couple for you. Uh, 1940, the first televised basketball game was shown on national TV. Fordham University versus University of Pittsburgh. And, of course, it was at Madison Square Garden. Mm. 1999, Venus and Serena Williams became the first sisters to win WTA tour events on the same day. And here's a little quiz. It was announced in 2002 that John Madden would be replacing whom, who or whom, on Monday Night Football. In 2002, who did John Madden replace as an analyst on Monday Night Football? This guy was entertaining and controversial. Oh.
3: Not Howard Cosell.
2: No, next Next tier.
3: Next tier. Uh... So 22 years ago, Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller's correct. <laughs> bloop, 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 I remember uh, I was in St. Louis for a uh, Monday night game. Dennis Miller got behind the bus. Uh, so there was a bus that was picking up all the people from ESPN. And I remember he 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 wanted to he started driving the bus. <laughs> i like, okay, sure.
2: I liked him on that show. Yeah cha
3: cha. Get
0: them
5: bang, all the time. Ones. Uh, we haven't seen this. <laughs> kind
0: of like a JD Salinger kind of running play. There. What does that? <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> what does that mean at all? I don't get that.
3: Uh, Wilt Chamberlain's streak of consecutive made field goals. Wow, he had thirty-five field goal attempts made consecutively, and then uh, it it ended, nineteen sixty-seven. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with anything today. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go around the room. What we learned on the program. Todd, I'm going to start with you.
0: Okay. Chris Mannix says the Joker and Luca appear to be the least interested in participating in or what the outcome was of the All-Star
3: Game.
5: Yes. let uh, see. Sid O'Connor. Daniel Jeremiah doesn't have time for other leagues. He's NFL-focused. I know. Only. I
3: felt bad that I brought up the XFL in the new kickoff. He or was the, like, uh... No, no. He went, <laughs> I don't, uh, I've don't. i had to uh, no. watch tape on 300 uh, college football players, and I went, ooh. Haven't really caught up to what they're doing. Usually Todd <laughs> Usually, Todd will give a heads-up to the guests there.
0: I should have vetted that a little bit. Thank uh, you, Todd. We were going to ask you about that. No, don't have him ask me about the XFL. I don't watch that.
3: Marvin, what did you learn today? The all-star game can't be saved or killed. Paulie, what did you learn? Ten-yard splits. That's all we care about. Yes. Ten-yard dash. Todd, what did I learn?
0: there's GM Ryan Poles wants us to believe he wants to make sure he does right by Justin Fields.
3: TireRack.com, the official tire expert of the Dan Patrick Show. Easy-to-use tire decision guide. Full lineup of Michelin tires. Special offers. Mobile tire installation available in a lot of areas. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Have a great day. Spectacular day. We look forward to talking to you tomorrow.